up next. Kinnikism on the True Talks Podcast. <laughs> this is Truth Talks. Thank you for tuning into the Truth Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. We are in another, yet another episode, and this is a, a different type of episode, uh, extremely different, because we only not only have uh, one, the most acoustically filled room in the uh, church again, uh, we also have uh, the teaching elder here at Bellcroft Bible Church. His name is Pastor Matt White. How you doing today, sir? Oh, I'm, I'm excited to have both you and the next guest in the room. So yeah. I'll let you introduce me. Yeah, this, that's kind of my job. I yeah, appreciate I that. I apologize. Yeah, Someone yeah. step on your toes. Yeah, you, you just kind of took all the just energy the out of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole thunder. So let me start again. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the Tooth Cross Wildcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boom. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So with us today, we actually have uh, a gentleman who is actually a deacon here at Bellcroft Bible Church. He is also our worship leader. His name is Ben Hogan. How are you doing today, sir? Good, buddy. Thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah, you have no Glad idea what you got that. yourself into. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so we just uh, thank you for joining us, uh, Ben. Uh, Matt, it's always a pleasure. Uh, but we are actually going to talk about worship today. Um, and I, and this is the question that I have, uh, and I'm just going to come right out of the gate with it, Ben. Uh, I just want to know why we don't sing any songs by Elevation Worship, by Hillsong Worship, uh, by uh, Jesus Culture. Um, why is it that we don't sing Bethel Music? Mm-hmm. Why don't we sing any songs by those ministries? <laughs> well, I'm glad you started with the easy questions. <laughs> Um, no, that, that's a good one because it's very relevant. And I feel like those are the questions that are the elephants in the room on this topic. I feel like a lot of people like to talk about worship and music, but they don't get to the very practical, actually, how do we pick music Sunday morning? I have um, a bunch of reservations with them, and I've got kind of an order in my mind, a list of um, bad to worse in a sense but if I were to start at the bottom from my experience at least in researching and listening and to lots of interviews and reading lots of articles and hearing these people in their own words um, Jesus culture is probably the most problematic just because they have this overwhelming superstitious um, uh, addiction to supernatural-esque activity and whatever they experience, they will chalk up to being experiences from God. And what they do is, as long as they do not sense a spirit, they will say that seeks to destroy, devour, and kill, then it must be good. And so they basically open themselves up to anything and everything. They lay on graves and hope to absorb the spirits from past charismatic ancestors. It's called grave sucking or grave mm-hmm. soaking. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Benny Johnson, uh, Bill Johnson's wife, is uh, was really kind of at the forefront of that. Um, and so they do that. You know, just a lot of the stuff where you, you can see it in a haunting display, really, if, if you look it up at the rolling on the floor and the laughing and saying that it's the Holy Spirit and everybody and, you know, barking like dogs and all that stuff. It's But with, with Jesus culture, they also teach all of this as being the, the proper way to experience God. And the proper way to know that you are indwelled with the Holy Spirit, that you are empowered by the Holy Spirit, 
and um, you know you'll have them then saying things in their actual sermons like Jesus actually became sin and was a sinner on the cross for a point in time and he actually had to be born again himself and and those types of things where you just get into the realm of heresy so my short answer is to say with these types of things I'm quickly coming up with I would never want to play songs that essentially open the door for a congregation to be interested in that church because it used to be that you had a lot of artists that would put out a lot of songs think of your Stephen Curtis Chapmans and your um, you know Michael W. Smith and you'd find the gems and you'd play them and uh, you don't you don't know what church they went to you don't know who they're associated with there's a safe you pick the song based on the song but nowadays we are forced to grapple with the fact that these people represent churches and it's usually the church band itself that is selling all of the music and so the marketing plan works to where if you like the music you're going to start listening to their podcasts and you're going to start going to their conferences and buying the books that their people are writing and you get into the system and you love the people and it's easier than to buy into what they're teaching so to me it's a huge pastoral implication for the music that we play because I'm opening doors to those people. That's why I like to play the Gettys. I like to play Sovereign Grace. I like to play, um, you know, Chris Tomlin because he's kind of his own guy. He doesn't represent a church. Anything like that. It's just, a, for me, a pastorally safe and proper thing to do. And I'll say, and I will end, is when you put those songs into the programs that so many churches use, you're actually contributing to those people getting paid. And so there is also a very real sense where you could be financially supporting false teaching and heresy because you're playing their music. I mean, that is literally how it works. And so I don't feel comfortable with that either. But that to answer that specific question, that's what I would say. I can tell you go to Belcroft because your short answer is actually about three or four minutes. <laughs> that's I still, funny. Think, yeah, that's, I still that, think I beat Matt, though, by it all comes from a the few pool seconds. Pit. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We're two peas in a pod, me and him. Yeah. Amen. Well, here's the thing, uh, Ben. Uh, you didn't know what you were getting into when you did this podcast. And, uh, I mean, you took it like a G. You know, you, you took it like a gangster. You just said, okay, this is the answer. And you didn't stutter at all. You just went, you know, head first. So I appreciate that. That's, now, that's one of the things I love about Ben. He's yeah. A, he's a man of conviction. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, he answered, it, answered I mean, it very well. It's too. biblical conviction. So yeah. It's good. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So I, I get that. Now, on a, on a regular Sunday morning, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what is it that Bellcroft would actually sing? And I, I, of course, I know the answer because I'm here. And I'm, I'm singing it, but, you know, give, give the folks that are listening an example of what type of songs that we would do on a Sunday morning. Yeah, I, I'm all about a good mix of old and new. Any particular Sunday could be all new songs written within the last five, ten years. It could be all older ones. It could be a mix. Um, I don't have a, you know, a very strict or legalistic structure as far as that goes, but they're mm-hmm. throughout history have been solid, theologically rich songs that force you to learn and that's what I like about really good music is that it forces you to learn and when you put uh, theology and you put real emotions that are driven by biblical perspectives and an understanding of the sovereignty of God and affliction and salvation and that comes through your songs and it's set to music those things become more memorable Mm -hmm. and so that's why I try to be very mindful and especially if I can match it up with what 
Matt is preaching on Mm -hmm. to just drive that point home, whatever the topic may be. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've got in front of me, we were looking at songs earlier, a song by Martin Luther that we have done in house and that I've rewritten, put music to and that kind of thing. But Hmm. the song itself was worth playing with because Luther wrote a song on the grace of God alone, that if we were to stand before God and give an account for every misdeed that we've done, nobody could stand before him. Mm. We had all come up guilty, but by his grace alone, we have been saved. And um, I mean, we're looking for songs like that, that people will be able to remember because music jogs memory. That's, Mm. that's what music does best. That's really, and you can make the biblical argument too, which I won't do now, but it is there that God used music for the very same reasons throughout mm-hmm. church history to have his people remember truth. Hmm. That's good. Matt, uh, you haven't said anything the entire time. Is it that you were just like a proud pastor right now and seeing that Ben, you know, has answers that you just don't want to say anything? Is that what it is? He's going to sweep this all up at the end no, and make sure just, it's put I'll, together right. <laughs> I'm just a blessed fellow slave. Okay. I get to serve alongside Ben and it's a joy. It is. It's a joy. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely nothing difficult of serving with Ben. And that honestly is an anomaly in the church. It is. Usually there's tension between the, the worship leader and the pastor. And I can tell you without any reservation, there is not an inch of tension between us. It's just joy because, yeah. and here's why, it's, it's theologically we're compatible. Mm-hmm. Philosophically we're compatible. We think mm-hmm. the same. We we uh, we understand the purpose of what we're doing on a Sunday morning. We understand the placement of worship, the placement of the word, the placement of the songs. Yep. There is absolutely no division, and it, it just it literally it makes Sunday morning such a joy because I don't I don't have any concerns, and we're hand in glove. We know what we're doing, and it's a, it's a blessing, and that's the way it should be. Yeah, it should be, and so yeah, yeah we're theologically, uh, and that's the key. We're theologically unified as we should be, mm-hmm. and that unifies everything else. Mm-hmm. So it's massive. So you were you 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 started off with like uh, just kind of telling us what type of songs. I was wondering like specifics on which songs you would say. Okay, this was this was one. You, you mentioned the one by Martin Luther. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the lyrics at least by Martin Luther. Mm-hmm. Um, any any other ones that you would say? You know what these are would be a good you know starting point. Yeah, you know, well, just to start generally, again, I've I've really gleaned a lot from and I've grown a lot as a music leader, singer, by listening to the Gettys. Mm-hmm. Um, they've obviously very much swept the evangelical scene, and that is a good thing. Because mm. um, a lot of bands and churches have swept the theological scene, and it's not been a good thing. Um, but the Gettys, In Christ Alone, their songs, you know, By Faith or The Power of the Cross— or um, they, they've got one that they just put out that was based on missions. And mm-hmm. so that was very unique where mm-hmm. to uh, continue the call and to heed the call into missions around the world. So uh, Sovereign Grace has put out a bunch. Um, there's a few that I have teed up that I want to sing here. Show Us Christ mm-hmm. is one. Um, you know, uh, they're, uh, All I Have is Christ, of mm-hmm. course. You mm-hmm. just can't go wrong with that. Behold our God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, these are all songs, um, and I don't. I think it's a hymn that the Gettys redid. I, I don't know who wrote it um, off the top of my head, but um, "Behold the Lamb upon the Throne." Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think is the name of it. But the, these are songs that draw our minds upward, basically. Right. And again, they make us think. Um, I like to, when I pick music or even write music, to have a word in there that's a little not in the normal conversation of your day, but mm-hmm. it is theological, it's in scripture, and it's just, again, something that will draw our mind upwards and make us think about what this song is saying. Um, but that's hopefully a little bit more specific with groups and some of the songs that they've done. Uh, like I said, I use a lot of Chris Tomlin. At least he's mixed in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, he kind of, he has a foot in almost in some of the Hillsong world and some of the Getty world, and he kind of plays with everybody. Um, but he doesn't represent a theological system. And so I've really liked a lot of what Chris has done because he's very reachable for people to sing when you tune it down a couple steps mm-hmm. and uh, song wise very easy to remember a lot of his music and so yeah. I really appreciate that just to be able to give that music to the church to sing well yeah he, he sings extremely high like I've never seen you gotta like, lock it down a little bit yeah you gotta you gotta put in a completely lower key yeah, yeah. sorry we lost you for a second there Matt you know we'll it's all right. We start talking music and Matt uh, is like, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to listen. But like he said, I mean, it, it, we, we could sit down and talk, you know, songs and people and it would be very much of a, an, an easy thing that we would naturally yeah. agree like, yeah, let's go there. Or let's not go here. Um, and I will say with working with a pastor, the, the lead or senior pastor, whatever you call him, um, it is an anomaly to have the music leader and the lead pastor be theologically in sync. Mm. Um, and I'd say especially as much as Matt and I are on any theological topic, I think we would always land in the same square. Mm-hmm. And I love that. But it is too uncommon to where churches, I, when I was a kid, I think it started about that time, let's say 20-ish years ago when I was a about 15 years old mm-hmm. that's about there were still worship pastors music pastors who were full-time with benefits paid to be in the church and lead the music in the choirs and the christmas productions like that was an important part of uh, staff but then eventually we started going to the um i don't know the mark driscoll kind of world started getting popular and people wanted to start doing their big music in church i remember that i'm from seattle i was up there did you just say mark driscoll i did mm. Maybe another podcast. Uh, <laughs> I come from Seattle, so literally I, could, know that. I could take a ferry and go listen to him if I wanted to. And I, and I had before because I was curious wow. what he was all about. But um, I mean, that drove what a lot of the churches around us were like, wow, let's, this is a new way to try church. But what ended up happening is these older worship pastors would retire or leave or go take a church to be a senior pastor. They would usually have some young teenage youth step up the guitar who is completely, and this isn't to be mean, it's true, and I was one of them at one point, to be honest, just theologically inept. Mm. And you don't have any sort of framework to think biblically about music, how that fits in the church. All you know is what chords you want to play, how to make the song really cool, and people like you for it. And But that's where the tension would come in because churches were doing that to themselves. They were scooping these mm-hmm. guys up to save money on their pastoral staff payroll. And, you know, the younger guys, of course, like to be up front and do that kind of thing. So um, that, that that's that was a transition point that I remember happening. And that's kind of where we've got today, I think, where um, even still you don't have full-time worship pastors. But it, it is a pastoral position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Scripture makes that very clear. Yeah. Um, I think of... 
four churches off the top of my head that have worship pastors. And that's, and that's just because it's like, I, I probably have like their number in my phone type of thing. Like I, it's a very, it's one of those things that I've, I've always noticed that having a worship pastor is like your next thing to do. A lot of times, like, sure. It's like you want to start a church. Okay. You start a church and you get music, you get musicians to do that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm a black guy, so black churches all day long. I mean, black churches, they have to have a, you know, they have to have good music and, you know, the, the, what they call them uh, ministers of music, not necessarily the worship pastor, mm-hmm. uh, but it's always a thing. Like you start a church and your first reaction is not to, you know, think of a, a mission statement or a statement of faith. It is you know, music, like what yeah. am I going to do for music? Yeah. And there, there are even churches that instead of going out and getting someone like you're saying, saving money, uh, they'll have CDs or DVDs to play during the worship time, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not, you know, hymns or it's not like uh theologically sound uh, music. It's, it's just like, what's, what's the latest thing? Yeah. That's happening right now, you know. Well, the key, the key, Ben was talking about in the beginning, and why I think the you can you can even see it in our worship, the unity between um, the two of you, between Ben and I, which flows yeah. through the music team, mm-hmm. flows through our church, flows through everything, and it's a unity around the word, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so I use this phrase a lot with Ben and with with everybody. We're all about word driven worship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's not our feelings. It's not our desires that drive our worship. It's the word of God. It's his desires. And so back to Hillsong, back to Jesus culture, That's back right. to yeah. elevation, mm-hmm. all of that. They're, everything they do is driven by emotions, by man, by their thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that's why they end up with what they have, right? Because it flows. It's theology from below versus theology. It's worship from below. It starts with man and tries to get to God, which is always a failed endeavor, and versus a, a starting point, which is worship is all about the reverberation of God's glory. It starts from God and comes down. And so in his word, he reveals his glory that's coming down from above. We see that and respond in giving him back glory. So it's just back and forth. But you only get that when you start from the word. If you start from man's perspective, it will always be flawed and it will always quickly turn back on itself Mm -hmm. because it will always be about you. And that's why that worship um, will always, always be inaccurate and incomplete at best. Right. And, uh, and we just don't want to be a part of Unacceptable at worst. Absolutely. Which is, <laughs> which the, we don't want. The Bible talks a lot about unacceptable yeah. worship and, uh, we don't want a part of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think the bigger thing is that the music should not point to a person, but like you're saying, it should come, you know, Ben, you said it, it should point up. Yeah. But, uh, like we talked about the last podcast, it's so much easier for us to, you know, look at stuff from a different perspective, meaning the the different perspective is we are great. We are mighty. We are a people that are so awesome. It's a lot easier to look at life that way instead of saying, well, no, this is I should be looking at Christ in, in everything. Yeah. I should be singing about him. I should be studying his word. Yeah. You know, it's a lot easier to do that because when we do it, 
when we do, uh, you know, looking at ourselves, it's a lot harder to feel conviction. Absolutely. You yeah. know, so it's a lot harder to, you know, get that that reflection of the, the, the word to reflect on our lives and to see what we're doing wrong. I would much rather feel good, like we were talking yeah. about. I would much rather come to church, feel better than I, you know, came, you know, leaving out the doors and then to come in and say, you know what, I I need to change. That's and that's the default mode for everyone. Yeah. Everyone. Ben, myself. The default mode is what you just described, right? Mm -hmm. Worship through my perspective, worship of self. And that's why it has to be word-driven. It's only the worship manual that God gave to us, which Mm -hmm. is his word. Mm -hmm. We have a worship manual. It's his word. And it's only as we sing songs driven by that, that we will then turn and and go upward. Because that's totally against our nature. Mm -hmm. Even even as redeemed individuals, right? We, our nature is driven by the worship of self. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only way we can do that is if we follow the word, because the word does the direct opposite. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's why we seek to do that in everything, not just the preaching of the word, but in the worship mm-hmm. through the word, which yeah. is what Ben does so good in helping us in. And it's a blessing. And, you know, one, one thing that you pointed out, which is which is very good, is that, you know, not everybody calls themselves worship pastors or leaders and as and they really probably shouldn't. Um, in fact, last time I preached on it, I made the point that I'm not the worship leader in this church. Uh, the elders are because they set that mm. statement of faith, so to speak, and what we're going to teach and what we're going to, um, t- to tell you every time we enter this pulpit based on what the word of God says. And so by doing that, by preaching the word, you're leading people into a better understanding of how to worship God. Because ultimately you could say what worship is, and this, this goes back to the word's in the Greek and Hebrew behind it, it is a deference and a submitting and literally a bowing down posture when you pull those words up. Um, that's what worship is. So when we submit our lives to God, that is how we show, that is what our worship looks like every single day, every single moment, and our music and our songs will be a, a joyful expression of walking with the Lord that we get when we gather corporately to do that. Um but when we are walking in holiness and righteousness and godliness because of the Holy Spirit working inside of us, um, what it, it is just all the grace of God coming to us to, to work out His will in our lives. And so if we're ever singing about how victorious we are and we're excited about the fact that we're victors rather than the fact that we have been forgiven much. And there's a, there is a difference there, and we do have to be careful about that. Mm-hmm. Remember Huge that difference. our worship comes down to our submission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The worship must always start with God and must always flow to God because of God. It's all about Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Romans eleven thirty six says so clearly, right? It's all from Him, for Him, and to Him. And so uh, our music, our words should say that. Our, our Even our melodies and our tone should provide that to where it's not identifying any one person up on the platform in any way it's all pointing away from ourselves just as the preaching of the word should should do right i I don't get up and tell stories right i get up and preach the word because it's pointing away from me to god and so yeah there's a lot of commonality there between the words that we sing and the way that we sing and ultimately it's about who we sing to so Mm -hmm. yeah and speaking of which, uh, since God is holy and we are not, <laughs> he sent his son to die for us. Yeah. And we have a choice to yeah. reject him or to repent and to believe. That's it. So this has been the Truth Talks podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Thanks, Ben, for joining us and hanging out with Thank us. Thank you, gentlemen. 
Yeah, Amen. absolutely. And uh, I will, will say you will be able to hear Ben preach on the Word and Faith podcast or the Belcroft Bible Church Sermon podcast. Uh, it's probably last year sometime. So you got to go to the archives. It's coming up. Second week of September. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate you listening. Take care. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Bellcroft Bible Church. Hello and welcome to Kidakism, where we do catechisms for kids. I'm Lucy. And I'm Callie. And here we go. First question. Who made you? The answer is simple. God. How do you know the answer? Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And John 1-3. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. I know, that's right. It's time to pray. Please close your eyes and bow your head. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you that we get to have this podcast to everybody that listens. Hope that the rest of the day is good and that the roads will be safe. And in your name we pray, amen. Well, tune in next time for another catechism. Bye-bye.